One of my favorite things about the world of fashion and menswear is hearing how so many people arrived where they are. Everyone finds their way into this industry through passion, perseverance, and yes, raw talent. A perfect example is my guest this week, Jamie Ferguson. Like so many others, Jamie's story is all over the map, but as you'll hear, it's his passion and humble nature that kept him grounded and helped him become one of the most talked about photographers in fashion. My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo, a podcast exploring the world of fashion with the people who shape it. My guest this week is photographer Jamie Ferguson. Jamie and I discuss his illustrious backstory and how he went from acting in London's West End to becoming one of the most talked about photographers in the industry. We also discuss his new book, This Guy. Jamie Ferguson, the Jamie Ferguson, this guy, the guy. How are you doing? Doing very well, thanks. Yeah. How are you doing? You all right? Great. You know, we're, we're old friends. We've chatted a bunch that I almost wish were podcasts. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things about you is you and I, I think kind of like embody the same type of attitude towards life in terms of like being the nice guy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Probably much to our own detriment, but yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which we openly discussed earlier. Sure. But like, yeah, like you, I mean, obviously you're a photographer, but like creative director, you know, art director. And every time I've like, cause I think we first met to almost like jump all the way back. Were you working at Drake's? When we first met? Yeah. Yes. I think we met probably, oh, when, I'm trying to think of the first time. It was either. Uh, I think I was at the Armory. Yeah. And it was either, either Michael Hill and I came by the armory to see the store when it first opened. Yeah. So this I, is 2013. I, yes. And I remember, cause I remember, um, <laughs> like I hope there's, there's not too much name dropping. This is ridiculous. Uh, but Stephen um, Pulverman from Hodinkee, um, yeah. him and Michael and I had a drink and he mentioned some of the, uh, people that Mark Cho was thinking of hiring and your name came up or that he had hired. Sorry. Oh, and I was just like, and again, I was aware at that time of you, um, just online on the internet. And I was just like, excellent. This guy's amazing. Like, this is cool. I dig his style. You mean like, at blank, blank, blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was, uh, and then, yeah. And then Mark, I think it was maybe like just even under a year when the store, the armory in New York just opened and Michael and I stopped by when we were doing market one time. And, yeah. Um, and you Cause guys, you were you wearing were a shawl collar cardigan. Mm. Do you remember that? The only, yeah, I only have one. I'm like, yes, I know, I know the exact one you're talking about. Yeah. The, Wait, the you don't, hair. you don't have like 800 at your house? No, man, no. <laughs> I have the camel hair one. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So how do you remember that? <laughs> cause I'm a, cause I'm obsessed with clothes. I'm a dork. <laughs> this is why I have a podcast, Jamie. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So you had, you had started out and I don't know if you were, were you shooting at the time? Back then, yes. Okay. So I don't want to walk walk me through this stuff yeah, here. I don't want to I don't want to delve too deep into it because it's like my path to wherever I am now is slightly convoluted. So well, let's uh, jump back even further then, because you're okay. you're from Canada, yeah, but you are like kind of Irish. So I'm originally from Canada. I was born there and I lived there till I was 15. Where in Canada? Um, just outside. So I would say Toronto because anybody who's not from Canada doesn't know. Hamilton? Uh, Guelph. Okay. Um, 
so I'm always just like Toronto's the closest, but Guelph is this, uh, it was a small town just outside about 35 minutes outside of, uh, Toronto or so. Okay. Um, so grew up there until I was 15, but my mother and father originally from, uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland and, uh, Edinburgh, I'm from Scotland. Okay. Uh, a little village just outside Edinburgh called Dollar. And, uh, Dollar, like, like a currency. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so we moved back to the UK to Scotland specifically when I was 15. Yeah. And so I had like last few years of high school and then university up in Aberdeen where I studied law. Um, what? Yeah. yeah. See, this is what I mean, man. It's, it's no, all, no, it's all this over is, the place. This is great. Wait, so wait, hold on. You studied law. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was at Well, that's school. a perfect and de facto. My, yeah. My parents were basically just like, so my sister went and studied medicine and they were Flex. like, they basically just wanted their kids to have a job at the end of the degree. And so they wanted you to do a vocational uh, degree. So like, okay. So they were like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. My dad was kind of like, He's like, yeah, you like performing and acting uh, and arguing. So like, you know, being a lawyer would be great. You'd be a lawyer. And I was just performing, like, acting and art. No, this is fine. This and is I was, great. I was like, okay, dad, thanks. That's great. So I did that um, and went to first year of, of uh, the law degree. I was just like, I hate this. This is not me. But I was like, I'm here. I recognized that I was like, I want the degree out of it. I need something to show for it. Um, so I finished the degree. But during my time there, I explored the performing side a lot more and i was in the drama society and basically it was just like right i want to be an actor and see how far i can take this wait so, are you serious yeah so i uh so my final year of the law degree i auditioned for drama schools in the uk and i was accepted into the royal welsh academy of music and drama um in cardiff okay so the funny thing is like i feel like i know you really well mm. But I have no idea. <laughs> it's, so, it's weird because the, all the men's work stuff and all the stuff I'm doing now. It's theater anyway. Has high, <laughs> indeed has, has stemmed. So has stemmed from my experiences of, of all this other stuff where, so basically I uh, went to drama school, worked as an actor for three years. Um, again, hated it i didn't have the right disposition to be as committed to it as i think i needed to be well wait hold on let's sidebar for that for a second (laughs) you hate so you wanted to be an actor you go to this drama school Mm -hmm. and then you are a working actor for three years yeah what is a working actor like you were getting gigs were you doing commercials what um it's yeah it's, it's a weird thing and this is probably where i became discontented with it was your idea of what you think being an actor is at the time the reality of it is very different and so you think you're going to be you know doing theater and doing film and television doing all these amazing projects but the reality is it's like like something like one percent of all drama graduates you know there's something there's some ridiculous number like each year there's like a thousand new actors that are joining the kind of the um whatever it is the union in the uk or whatever and that's each year Mm -hmm. on top of the previous years that have been before it. And so as is the situation with a lot of jobs, like the hierarchy contacts, names, who, you know, et cetera, all that, all that obviously comes into play. But at the time when you're kind of wanting to be an actor, you're kind of just like, great, I'm going to go and do Shakespeare plays on, in, um, on the West end and stuff like that. Right. Anyway. So the reality of being a jobbing actor is a lot of, you'll do a, a gig for say, 
like six weeks and then you're out of work for a month and then you're temping your office work, working in bars, um, yeah. stuff like that. Okay. But you were making, you were making money as an actor. So not enough to live on. And yeah. that was one of the main reasons why I chose to search elsewhere for work because I basically, but three years, that's, that's a while. Yeah, it was, but it was so, it was so sporadic that it was just kind of like, you didn't feel like you were ever getting anything done. Like you had a lot of, I'm sure, like I've read a lot of, you know, other actors experiences and stuff like that and spoken to friends who are still in the industry and friends who've gotten out of the industry. And it's just, it can be both a terrible and wonderful profession, you know? So you pivot. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the uh, deciding factors for me was uh, my wife and I had been together for like six or seven years or so. Yeah. Six, 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 seven years. And so you met in school. We met in university. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we were wanting to, well, I was wanting to marry her, um, but I couldn't afford a ring cause I wasn't getting enough work. So I was just like, I need to do something else. And one of our, a mutual friend from university, her uncle was a wholesale agent down in London mm-hmm. for a variety of menswear brands. So he repped a lot of stuff from, uh, he was a German who'd been living in London for a long time, for like 30, 40 years. So he repped a few German tailoring brands. Um, but then he also then got taken on just as I kind of went and interned for him. He mm-hmm. got taken on by Dax, the um, old heritage brand um, in London that's similar around the time of, you know, Aqua Scooter and Burberry. Mm-hmm. It's like 130 year history. Um, yeah. And so I interned for him for three months or so I interned for a few other companies as well um where i was doing stuff like men's menswear trend forecasting and um shooting a bit of street style for like small magazines you're, and stuff. you're still like being a photographer in the sense that like you're still actively shooting and in terms of like like learning and getting yeah, better right? right yeah at that time it was it was always it was still kind of a hobby and kind of a thing that i was like interested in because at the time all this all of this stuff kind of coincided with me with you know that kind of hashtag menswear movement where you were seeing a lot more stuff online like you know the search 2008 2009 era yeah yeah. and so i was seeing all this stuff and kind of being um i mean i always quite often talk about um scott's work where um, scott schumann the search royalist yeah and his and his website was i saw it and was just like loved the photography and loved a lot of the people that he was shooting. Um, mm. And I was just like, who are these people? Like I was never seeing anything like that in anything I was reading before, like any of the, the glossy magazine, like GQ Esquire or anything like that. I was never seeing anything like more, the more real people, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, cause in, they weren't models. That was nope. the thing is, yeah, they were people with careers and people with, yeah. you know, lives of not that models don't have a life just to be clear, but that, they were not making their living by getting their photo taken. Yeah. I'll put it that way. So I, I was seeing that and was just kind of, I loved it and was just like, oh man, how do you shoot like this? Like, and trying to figure out. So I got like a cheap Nikon and then bought like a 50 mil, mil lens or whatever. And was just kind of like playing around with that a bit and trying to see if I could recreate the types of shots that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. No formal training in photography whatsoever. And was just kind of basically trial and error. And was just kind of like, what's this, you know, like stupid stuff. Like, what's you know why is the figure sharp and the background is blurry what's that what is that like how are they doing that and trying to figure out they're like bokeh yeah exactly yeah and i was just kind of like oh this is a cool word like what is this (laughs) like what is bokeh like (laughs) yeah okay yeah and so just and just trying to learn about all that as much as i could and then so that was all kind of going on 
and doing that as much as I could while I was interning for all these other kind of companies. And then through my friend's uncle's job, as I say, he got taken on by DAX. And at the time, they were looking for somebody to come in and help out on the the licensing, uh, the UK and European licensing side of things. Mm-hmm. And so I joined DAX and worked for them for a year, just under two years. Okay. Um, which I really enjoyed my time there. Learned a lot, especially about how a big brand operates and how you know they license out the trademarks, et cetera, to overseas. And because they had a huge business in the Far East, um, so that was fascinating to kind of see things like that, like the the sheer scale of it. Um, Were you more interested in how the business was being done, or how the, or more like the creative side in terms of like the the imagery, the production, that? Because it sounds like you yeah. were kind of into both things. It was Which funny. Is fine. Just, yeah, no, no, yeah. Um, I, I was probably always more interested in the creative side of things. I was just like, I love menswear. I just want to be in this world and looked for any opportunity or anything that allowed me to express any of that kind of that, that more creative side that I was kind of wanting to do like the photography. So I was, it was a big company, but small in the UK uh, in terms of the team that they had in mm-hmm. place. And so you were kind of handling a lot of stuff like you had your main day to day, but then every now and again, they'd be like, okay, we're, you know, we're going to go to Milan because we need to, we're doing a catwalk show there. And then I bring my camera along and be like, do you mind if I just shoot some backstage stuff or, Oh, okay. and they were like, yeah, cool. And at the time I remember basically bugging, you know, like the marketing side and the PR department and, you know, all that kind of side of, and just being like, Hey, like, you know, naively just being like, everybody's doing a blog. You guys, you know, Dax needs to do a blog. You guys should do this. And they were just like, at the time they were just like, no, we're not, we're not doing this. Like this isn't ready. Like, and I was just like, okay, that's fine. Um, so eventually I was, so I was with them for a while and then was just basically like growing increasingly frustrated with the direction that they were kind of going. Sure. Um, and or not necessarily the direction they were going, but more, it wasn't the direction I wanted to go. Um, so I wanted to work for a brand that I wore myself. Um, and that's when I got in touch with Drake's. And, um, so you reached out to Drake. I reached out to them because I love the store and stuff of that. Like love the vibe of everything that they were kind of doing. I love the fact that they were kind of, you know, doing a, it was a relatively sartorial look in terms of, you know, the tie, but they were using these kind of very casual materials like Shantung and Tussa, like this kind of, you know, I was like, yeah. this is great. Yeah. So I got in touch with them. Um, cause they didn't have like a career section on their website. So I was like, <laughs> where do I apply? <laughs> like if I want to. And so I reached out and then like, I think it was a month or three months later, uh, Michael Hill got back in touch with me and I, I of course knew who he was. And I was just like, Holy shit. What? Like, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like, this is amazing. Like Michael. And then uh, he kind of <laughs> called me in for an interview. He was just like, you know, come in. And then at the time they were looking for somebody to help out in the store. Mm-hmm. But I brought I brought my laptop with me and up the portfolio of like some images that I'd shot because I was essentially like, look, I see your Tumblr. I, it, you know, the imagery that you're doing is very good, but I think it could be better. And I was kind of like, here's some of the stuff that I was doing. And we yeah. ended up getting into a conversation about the internet and, you know, Drake's presence on it, et cetera. Um, and Michael basically, I think he made the decision. He was like, come work in the store. They were basically just about to open the new offices. Oh, on right. Street. Yeah. So he was just like, come work in the store for a bit, get a feel for the customer um, and the product, et cetera, and then come over um, to work in the head office. And so I came over there and basically was a bit of a jack of all trades for them, but I was yeah, primarily primarily doing a lot of the, so I started shooting all the stuff for the Tumblr, um, 
started getting involved with like the loat books, um, some of the wholesale side of things. So it was accompanying Michael on trips to New York for market and Pity Uomo in Florence, um, which was amazing. That's one of the things that I'll always say about Drake's is that it was an incredible environment to learn. Again, a very small team. And if you were enthusiastic about, you know, the industry, the product and what you were doing, like they were very open to kind of letting you get involved in any area that you kind of wanted to try your hand at. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of people often think that like, oh, how does this person get where they're at? And most of it is, you know, I, I don't, I think this word is becoming somewhat trite now, but like the hustle, like you're reaching out and also, you know, you're not like waiting for someone to knock on your door on this stuff. You're, you're going out, you're finding how to improve to be a better photographer on your own. Yeah. And so like you're at Drake's and then you peace out from Drake's and this is where in my opinion, where like you really just like skyrocket in the sense that now you're shooting for everyone because, you know, it was funny to me when I'm like, Oh cool. Like, look, Jamie's shooting this stuff for Drake's or he's shooting this lookbook or he's shooting this. Mm. And then, you know, you start shooting stuff with Simon Crompton, permanent style. Yeah. Now you're doing some magazine things and now you're doing like, how, how did this kind of move forward mm. was it i mean one thing led, led to another I mean, what pretty much i mean i know that's a really simple way of explaining it but yeah i mean it's been a bit of a snowball effect um my thing has always been and this is kind of i think where you were kind of touching on at the start was just want to be a nice guy and do, yeah do your work do your job well and to the best of your ability and i think i don't necessarily feel i wouldn't necessarily say that i'm a nice guy but i try to be a nice guy well, uh, that's the majority of the people who are nice guys. So, <laughs> just, just you know, <laughs> I'm the nicest guy. Like, well, yeah, no, no one is really like no. that. I don't know. Yeah. So it's my thing has always been this. The industry is so small, and like reputation is something that I've always been very uh, try to keep my eye on, and just to be known. I just very much want to be known as like an approachable, friendly person who's nice to work with, and you know does does good work i would say that maybe maybe in the earlier stages mm. you know find that like sure. oh like you're getting work because people know that you have a good reputation yeah. but definitely now especially with the clients that you're working for and doing i don't think anyone cares about the reputation when <laughs> as long as you're delivering the work that you're doing i mean because yeah. and that and i'm not belittling being a nice guy it's definitely essential but you know people are hiring you for your work not yeah. because you're just this guy, this nice dude. Which no, uh, and hopefully, hopefully uh, that's nice, and hopefully that that is the case. At the same time, I'll uh, I hate to give up on that side of things. Oh, for I'm sure. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's it costs so little to kind of and and again, it's not like so. I say I'm like it's it's not a front or anything. I say like I hopefully feel like I'm a genuinely approachable person like so and this is what we were talking about and then we'll we'll jump to your book but mm. i wrestle with this a ton because i would say the truth is like we were saying earlier is like i i am a nice person and i mm. know that that's who i need to be in order to to stay in this career sure. and to and to have this reputation and to do that but at the end of the day i am a ball of nerves <laughs> who loves yep. and hates Instagram. Yeah. I think a lot of people these days as a photographer, the relationship they have with Instagram, it's like, or social media, it's, as I was saying, it's a double-edged sword. Like I'm incredibly lucky that 
I'm able to, I have a platform like this that I'm able to put my work out onto and has kind of essentially um, put me in front of brands and publications and people that I otherwise never have been in front of yeah. um, and, and turn that sled to work, which has been great. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, you're seeing a lot of, you're seeing work from other brands, you're seeing work from other photographers and you're just, and me personally, like, yeah, a bundle, bundle of jangly nerves about it where I'm kind yeah. of just sitting looking at other people's work going like, that's incredible. Like my stuff is not nearly half as good. And then you're like, well, how do I, and you just go down the spiral of like, how do I make my work better? And it's, and it's strange because you're the fir- that first question actually almost isn't even like, how to make my work better. It's like, how to make work, how do I make my work like their work? Oh. And you're kind of like, well, you don't want to go, you know, like that's, and that's really, obviously you don't want to go down, you don't want to be derivative. You don't want to be copying other people's work. You need to be developing your own style and stuff like that. But it, it so, and then you, it's almost like this vicious circle where you come back around to being like, well, how do I make, how do I make my work better? And then you're like, but their work is so good. And it's, yeah. I always put it down to now I'm trying to look at the bigger picture a little more and just be kind of, I've had, I've been very lucky. I had a son two years ago. Um, and that has helped with a lot of putting things in perspective. Well, what are the things that are in perspective then? That's all that stuff that we've just been talking about. Doesn't matter. What do you mean? Internet, all this, you know, like, you know, we're looking at other people's work and feeling, you know, the anxiety and the nervousness and not necessarily helps, but like if the one thing that I can tell myself that I'm kind of like, that does actually help me feel better is I'm like, at the end of the day, it's the family. It's the family. That's important. You know, that's, it's your, it's your son calling you daddy or, and that's that stuff. That's it's, that's outside of anything that I do for my work. It's like, which is great. It's a nice, you know, grounder you know it kind of keeps you yeah keeps you level a little this episode is brought to you by skillshare skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators entrepreneurs and curious people everywhere you can take classes in photography audio production web development even interior design you name it they've got it so whether you're picking up a new skill for your day job Figuring out your next side project or pursuing a longtime passion, Skillshare has classes for you. Look, I've been using Skillshare to sharpen my skills in audio production. Can you tell? All right. Photography and to help keep Blamo going in every facet. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer for Blamo listeners. Get two free months when you sign up at Skillshare.com forward slash Blamo. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Sign up by going to Skillshare.com forward slash Blamo and start improving your life, business, or hobby. Again, go to Skillshare.com forward slash Blamo to start your two free months now. I mean, here's we had talked about this too. Like, as a freelancer, how do you separate? And I'm, I've freelancer, I'm, I say in a respectful sense that like you work no, for yourself, you're empowered, yeah, yeah. but like as, as someone who is self-employed and works mm. for themselves, like how do you separate your home and work life? Like I, cause for me, and I'm asking this just selfishly, like sure. I don't really know how to turn off at times. Yeah. Um, because also in my mind, I justify mm. it. It's like, well, if I spend this much more time or if I do this, I'm going to make this better, which I can get, you know. I can, I can take care of my family, but I'm not there to take care of my family. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's, um, 
this it's it's weird because this is all especially nowadays where you have a lot more people that are are freelancing and essentially not necessarily based nine to five in an off you know Monday to Friday in an office and stuff like that where people are very much you know a little more flexible with how they work and stuff. Right. I think this is all part of the same kind of issues that a lot of us are facing where it's, um, you'll be wanting to work and you need to work to earn a living to kind of support yourself and your family and, yeah. you know, all your expenses, your whatever payments, et cetera. Um, at the same time that infringes on the time that you're actually getting to spend with your family. And yeah. then you'll do things like where you'll be like, right, I'm going to work solid for these, you know, I'll be away on a trip for a week or yeah. two weeks. And like this learn enough money that means I'll get to spend time with my family when I'm back. And then you get back and, you know, from my perspective, I'm like, I'm editing when I'm back and I'm like, you know, I'm at home. <laughs> that was, that's the other thing is that, you know, like working from home, it's like, um, cause you know, my son's not at, um, not at preschool yet or anything like that. So he's at home and it's just kind of like, I can't spend, even though I'm here, I can't spend time with you cause I actually have to still work. Yeah. It's somebody said to me a while back where it's like the, the best thing they found out be, as being a freelancer was the power of the word no. And it was being able to say no to like initially when I was, because all our families, you know, all my income, what I was earning, et cetera, was all tied into the work that I was getting. I, obviously I was just saying yes to everything. Right. So I was just like, even though I just got back from a trip, it was like another trip. Like, do you want to go? And I'm like, yes, let's do it you know, even though I maybe didn't necessarily need to go do it, you know, like financially we're secure, we're okay, but you don't, so you don't need to go do it. But I was just like, who knows? Like the, you know, in a, right. in a month, it, everything could dry up. Like people could suddenly start hating what I do. And, you know, I feel like that too. And you, time. you see, and that thing, I think that's the tricky thing is you see stuff like this in the, in our industry, like all the time, like you see stuff where you're like, Oh, whoa, okay. No, I need to be, you know, I don't want that to happen to me. I need to yeah. be on top of stuff. Um, but, the more, the longer that I'd be doing this, the more that I found it okay to actually, you know, say no to things in a polite way, in a, sure, obviously a polite and respectful way. Um, and being okay with the fact that say sometimes timing doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so I've had a lot of stuff where I'll try, you know, I'll be traveling somewhere like, um, and somebody will get in touch and then be like, Oh, Hey, can you do this as well? And I'm like, okay, maybe I could squeeze that in. And then you maybe like change your flights for an extra day. And then, you know, it's just, and it just becomes this kind of like this kind of chaos that I yeah. got to a point where I was like, no, it's, it's okay to kind of be like, I'm sorry, I'm actually here. I'm leaving then, you know, so yeah. maybe, maybe next time. No one's, no one's going to like never hire you again because you couldn't do one gig. But that's all that ever went through my mind initially yeah. was, I'm just like, this is it. Like if I say no, I'm screwed. That's it. They're That's taking it. me off That's, the list. Yeah, exactly. Like there, I'm, and in my yeah, deleted, there is a list. There is a list. Yeah. And, it, and it doesn't, it never goes away. Um, but I think certainly if you've got enough work, you know, if you're able to look at what you're doing and you have enough work coming in and speaking of the work, <laughs> so, you know, you just did a book, which is, is out and it's called this guy. Portraits of modern men's style. And first off, it's funny because a lot of times when people think of books and photo books, mm. you know, it's just like anything that you see digitally first. You don't really have like the true understanding of how it's going to feel when it's sure. in your hands. And you gave it to me earlier before we were chatting. Mm. And I mean, it it's amazing. You know, and I sound stupid saying this, but like even the paper, like the the photos look fantastic. Mm. The I mean, it... It looks beautiful. Thank you very much. Um, how did you do this? 
did someone approach you to do a book? Yes. So about two years ago or so, um, there was a, a company uh, publisher that got in touch and they were basically like, we like, you know, came across you on Instagram, you know, blah, blah. We'd like to, you know, Oh really? On maybe Instagram. Do uh, yeah. So they, the managing director of this publishing house, uh, basically was a big fan of, and again, this is what I'm saying. Like it's snowball effect. It's, you know, network, blah, blah, blah links. Um, they were a big fan of Simon's website, of mm. permanent style. And so they had come across my photography there and they were like, then saw my stuff on Instagram. They were like, we really like this. Do you have any ideas? We'd like to do a book with you. Do you have any ideas? I was just a bit, I'm sure, you know, same with you, you kind of get, you get emails, not like this every day, but you know, you get, you know, Oh, Hey, do you want to do a collaboration? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, I was at pity Wom at the time in January and I was just kind of like, look, I'm going to be back from Florence, um, next week. How about we have a meeting? Um, so I went in and they were like, sure. I went in, um, are they in London? Yes. Okay. Uh, so they're, uh, so sorry, the publisher is called Hardy Grant. They are an Australian publishing house, but they have offices in Sydney, London, and New York. Gotcha. Um, so I came into the London offices and met with, um, the, one of the senior publishers there and she was absolutely lovely, explained how they had come across me. They, uh, the majority of what they do is, uh, recipe and cookbooks and they do a few lifestyle and, uh, design and interior books. And they mm-hmm. were basically wanting to, uh, they thought the menswear world was a growing market for them in terms of books, and they wanted to work with somebody who was already kind of relatively established within that industry. Um, there so you I, go, flex, <laughs> my man. <laughs> um, which was which was very flattering. I was very like, oh, that's very nice. And they basically kind of showed me some of the other work that they had produced. Um, and so they initially had said, oh, we could do like a archival book of all your old street style shots, um, like a little a five small book. And I was kind of like, mm, you know, that doesn't really interest me. Nothing. Um, yeah, I was just like, it's been done. It's been done well, you know, it's, and they were like, well, do you have any ideas? And I was kind of like, and this was something that I'd always kind of had my, uh, something in my mind was, is what kind of essentially what this has kind of turned in the books turned into was I had always loved, uh, do you remember the Selby? Yeah. Todd Selby. Todd Selby. And I love that site. Like, I thought this was amazing. Like the fact yeah. that he got in touch, you know, would, would go and shoot these, um, you know, creative couples and people in their, uh, environments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And, uh, I basically wanted to kind of take an idea like that, um, that idea and kind of put it into my world of menswear and the people that I thought were interesting and dressed in a really, um, really neat way and kind of expand on that beyond just their, their home and kind of make it about their cities and their hobbies, their re- favorite restaurants, their favorite bars, their lifestyle, their families, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I kind of pitched this idea to them and I said, I think it'd be great if we were able to go and visit a few cities around the world and kind of, um, there'd be a little interview attached with each of them. So, um, yeah. And pitch that pitch the, the guys, the 20 guys that I kind of wanted to, uh, um, to shoot and, they were like, they greenlit it. They were like, yep, yeah, do it. Damn. So I was just like, which is weird. Cause when that actually happens, you're like, all right, I got to start organizing and shooting this thing. Um, yeah. Cause it, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, cool. This is, you know, mm. just like taking photos, you know, it's a digital photo, the photo's done. Let's just put it together and you get the book. I mean, this took a while. Yeah. So this is start to finish. This has taken just under two years. Right. Um, and I mean, it's a strange thing because I, I mean, I don't know what people's perceptions of 
making a book are or whatever, but it's, I don't know if people think that when you're doing a book, it's like, that's all you're able to focus on. Like, that's all you're doing. It's enough money that you, that's all you need to do. I'm like, I was needing to shoot this book and at the same time be working on all my other usual freelance work. So all the other shooting that I was doing for brands and magazines and stuff. And so trying to find that, that was, that was tough. Even just trying to find that balance between, right. When do I need to go do this book? Can I do the, can I travel to a city and shoot stuff for the book? And at the same time, shoot stuff for a brand or a magazine or something like that. Yeah. And just trying to, you know, even all balance all of that out, even that out. But then once it's, once we kind of got going with it, um, and started shooting the first few guys for the book, um, it was just so much fun. Like the opportunity that this has afforded me to essentially one, hang out with, um, you know, some of the guys that I already knew like yourself, um, and be able to spend time with, you know, and get to know them even better than I already did to meet guys that I always had wanted to meet, had always kind of just seen from afar, you know, either online or in magazines or whatever. Um, and just uh, like, I always say this, but I'm like, I'm a total nerd about all this stuff and I'm the opportunity to be able to just sit in a room with these people and like talk to them and just kind of, and then get to shoot them as well. Like I'm very hopeful that everybody's pleased with, the way that they look in the book and their, their images and stuff like that. Cause everybody was so very kindly gave to gave of me as much time as they could. Yeah. I was incredibly grateful for it. And I was just like, well, I hope this little thing that you're, that you're pleased that you did give me that time. Right. <laughs> I don't want them to get it and be like, what is this? This is terrible. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a saying called, uh, never meet your heroes. And you went and you met and you shot all these people, which yeah. I'm not saying all of them are your heroes, but like, you know, it's, it's risky. And it, it is, uh, yeah. I, you know, yes, no, I completely agree with that. And it's, but, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're I was, great. I, was, I mean, the photos are fantastic. They you. really, it's beautiful. I was very lucky that none of the guys disappointed. I mean, and I had things, I had time with people where it was like, I had anything from like a weekend with some to just two hours. And even within those two hours, like that's the little glimpse into their life and their history. Right. Um, their kind of philosophies, not just on style, but life and, you know, everything, um, was, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And then to kind of see the final, the final cop, the final edition, the final version of it. Um, it's very surreal. Like even it's a very different feeling seeing it all on a computer and, you know, and I've been immersed in, in this for, as you say, the two years or whatever, and to actually see it then in print and, to feel the pages and my publisher was incredibly helpful with, um, the guidance that they provided. Like, cause the, like I've never done anything like this before. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've supplied imagery to, um, other, like say some of Simon's books and stuff, but I've never been the person who's like making, like it's on you. You make the decision about this. Yeah. And so it doesn't say by this person. I was always just, Jamie Ferguson. <laughs> exactly. That was the other thing. I mean, cause I, I, that was another thing that I was a bit like, nobody knows me as Jamie Ferguson. Like everybody knows my, my, uh, my Instagram moniker, JKF man. So yeah. I was like, Oh no. Like, are they going to know like who's Jamie Ferguson? No man, like, this is how you, this is how you go even further. This is, <laughs> um, handles are dead. Handles. Are dead. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, it was very funny because I was away when I was sent the advanced copy of the book. I was away on a trip somewhere. Yeah, my wife sent me a WhatsApp video of uh, of her unboxing the uh, like you know those YouTube things where they're like do opening like Kinder eggs or like presents oh, and stuff right. like that. She was just like 
you know, opening the like, wow. And like take up, took out the book and stuff. And was she like, wait, me. wait, go to the next page. Yeah, I need a, like, I need no, a closer no. shot there. Yeah, oh, this is yeah, exactly. Like pull in tighter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, it was even just seeing her reaction on the video where she was just like, wow. You know, and again, cause she's, you know, bless her. She's, um, put up with me worrying and, you know, my, all my anxiety about this. And like, you know, we're talking about anxiety before this is taking it to a whole other level. And so it's very weird that, that, yeah, it's, it's kind of out there now and being digested, so to speak. Well, I mean, it's great. Thank you. Yeah. So next thing that you, are you doing now? Are, are you going to do another book? Isn't it crazy? <laughs> Cause like once you're done, everyone's like, cool, what's next? It's, and you're like, dude, I just yeah. did this. Then the book arrives, like, this is great, you know, and you have that kind of like elation and then you're like, right, so what am I going to do for the next one? Like, do I do, I think, so I have no idea. I mean, I think one of the things that I was certain was that I was wanting to put this out there, mm-hmm. see, hopefully, touch wood, it's kind of received well and just kind of see what happens. Yeah. Um, like I wanted to dedicate enough time to kind of, you know, not necessarily marketing the book, but you know what I mean? Like th- this is the one I'm, this is the project that I'm, fo- I know that just because it's been printed and, you know, it's been put out there, my work with it is do- not done. So, you know, promoting it, um, in the, ver- the variety of ways that I can, um, getting in touch with stores that I'd love to be able to stock the book and stuff at like that. Like, yeah. um, so, cause a lot of that is on me. And so a lot of the stores that I feel, you know, where the book would sit nicely, I'm like, these are the stores that I know. So I'm like, well, right. I'll, I'll get in touch with them and be like, Hey, you know, would you guys like blah, blah. So I know that certainly for the next wee while, this is what my life and kind of work will be about. Yeah. I mean, so, but you're, you're still going to be shooting pity and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's strange. Cause I haven't necessarily thought, well, what's the next, what is the next thing? It's the process of shooting all these guys for the book has very much maybe changed my view on how I like to work because uh, I very much enjoyed this, the process of this. And I think that the types of images that we were able to produce from it, I'm so pleased with are very much in keeping with what I want out of, um, or what I seek for in a, in a good photograph of somebody or of menswear or whatever. Right. Um, and so what I mean by that is like, I'm, I love candid photography. I love trying to capture somebody in their natural environment and capture, you know. Yeah. Cause this, this wasn't like you're in a photo shoot no. location sort of stuff. I mean, these were people in their natural lives and yeah. doing the things they do every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and in turn, I'm wanting to be able to capture all that at the same time, be able to capture their style because obviously that's kind of what the book's about. And, yeah. um, and the reason why I select chose these gentlemen was because I think they all have phenomenal style. Um, so you do obviously need to see a little bit about it, a little bit of that. And to an extent, you know, some of the images within the book or some of the, some of the ways that I was shooting, like you do need to, you know, stage a little bit or just be able to be like, right, I need a shot of this jacket. So, right. You know what I say? But a lot of times it's kind of like, Hey man, let's, where do you, where do you like eating lunch? Let's go eat lunch there. You know, like, okay, cool. Like, and then, I love that approach for any of the work that I do, but with some of the brands and publications that I shoot for, you don't necessarily always get that, um, the mm. opportunity to be able to say, you know, shoot something that's got a wrinkle in it. Right. You know, it's like, no, it needs to be straight. It needs to be cl- as clean as possible. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what it looks like when, you know, 99% the guy, of the, time. the guy on the street. And I love, and to me that kind of that, 
seeing the flow of clothes and seeing clothes being worn. Like I love seeing that, especially on real people. The book has allowed me to kind of really deep dive and explore that, which has been great. And also I hope, I hope this comes through in the book um, is I also wanted to kind of instill a, something of a, a lightness to it and a lightness in terms of my approach to menswear and mm-hmm. photography. So, you know, guys laughing, guys smiling, guys, you know, yeah, not, not being... the sort of stern bad boy sort of. <laughs> yeah. The stern bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I mean that, that kind of stuff, it does. It, that's not what interests me in, in, uh, in imagery and other, not just my own, but like in other people's imagery that I, find that's inspiring i'm like i always want to see that kind of like a whole like a belly laugh like i want to see that yeah i'm like that looks great and it at the times it's like people it's a it's funny because this could be a whole other can of worms or a whole other conversation is that you know and again what i hope for for all the the people who agreed to be a part of the book is that all the photographs that i've selected like i've selected because i think these people i'm like man you look great i think you look (laughs) great in this but obviously some people see themselves completely differently. Right. And so I do hope that everybody loves the photographs of them, but like things like a belly laugh or, you know, whatever it's like, some people might be like, Oh, I look really weird there. Like, I don't really like how I look there. And you're kind of like, and I, and I understand that, but I'm like, no, you look great, man. This is, this is, this is, this is my book, man. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah. And it's, um, yeah. And I'd love going forward. I'd love to be able to, do more stuff like this and work more in that way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny that, I mean, you know, from a practical side of things though, it's like, I don't know how you do that in today's, unless you're doing another book, you know, it's like, I don't know how you produce something like that, say, you know, for, a, for a magazine, like for an editorial shoot or whatever, or for a brand for a lookbook or whatever. It's, it's tricky. Cause I, I just feel like you, you, I need to dedicate a lot more time to it. Yeah. Um, and that, the amount of imagery that people are having to produce these days, like companies and whatever, um, it's phenomenal. It's, it's huge. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, understandably, they don't want to have the time to, you know, dedicate to be like, Hey, let's go and, you know, let's get lunch. Yeah. Let's get lunch. Have that bowl of, and then, bowl uh, of spaghetti. And yeah. Oh, slurp that noodle. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> this is hilarious. Let's do that again. Like, and like 20, 20 shots. No, no, we haven't quite got it. Yet. Do it again. Yeah. Um, well, Jamie, this has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thanks for having me on, man. You've been listening to Blamo. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Blamo is edited by Brendan Finn. I say this every week, but I mean it. If you like the show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The ratings help let others know we're doing something good. You can follow along with us on Instagram at Blamo Podcast or email us at info at blamopod.com. Want to know more about what's going on in fashion, menswear, or just meet other folks? Join our Slack group. It's a private chat group online where tons of Blamo listeners chat about everything. Just send us an email saying, hey, I want to join, and we'll get you in. We'll see you next week. Thank you.